There's no scripture reading tonight. So I'm going to do a topical message. Various passages of scripture. So you'll have to have quick fingers again. Let your fingers do the walking. Like uh, we did this morning. So the very last sermon, not only on physical problems, but on the whole two and a half year series of uh, 97 topics we covered. Almost 100 counseling topics and God willing, uh, sometime uh, Rulf and Kurs will tell me, please go away for two weeks and write. So I can put all of these sermons into a book and then print it and whoever wants can have a 100-chapter book. (laughs) Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we draw near to the throne of grace once more, asking for the power of your Spirit as the Word is preached and for the Holy Spirit to work among us and to work in us and to work through us. As we now hear your word and seek to obey. In Jesus' name, Amen. So tonight's topic then, you've got on the screen, insomnia. In Afrikaans, slaaploosheid. So insomnia comes from two Latin words. Uh, The first word is in, which is a negation. It means not. And then somnus which means sleep, so I cannot sleep. And that, that means that you can't, either can't fall asleep at night, you lie awake for two hours, or maybe more, or you fall asleep and then wake up sometime after midnight, maybe at two in the morning, three in the morning, and you just can't get back to sleep. What causes that? And what's the biblical solution? We want to tackle this issue from a biblical perspective. So I've summarized this, I think, in basically two different causes for insomnia. And each one we can break up under more causes. So the first one is physical causes, and the second one we've got spiritual causes. Right, so physical causes, when I speak about physical causes, I don't mean your neighbor's music because they're having a party till two in the morning or four in the morning. I don't mean that the next door neighbors, their dog's barking and they won't stop barking. I don't mean things like having a sick child or maybe a sick parent in the house and that bothers you and you can't sleep. I don't mean uh, coming to Philippoulos in the southern free state, uh, what was it in Deirdre, 2009, no, 2015 with the heat wave and you get there at six in the evening and it's 39 degrees and then you've, you've booked a place in the old prison uh, because they've now changed, changed it into kind of a guest, not really a guest house, just overnight. I don't know if you've stayed there, you on. It's eerie to sleep in a prison <laughs> and see, see things scratched on the wall. Um, but then, then trying to sleep and that place has been baking in the sun all day and you just can't sleep. You go out in the night and wet the towel and put it over you. And even the, it's a metal bed and even the metal is hot. Heavy metal. (laughs) I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about cold like the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 11 where he said he had many a sleepless night, many nights of cold. Or Jacob in Genesis 31 where he said it was so cold the sleep sleep fled from his eyes. He couldn't sleep because it's cold. I get that. If my feet are cold, I can't fall asleep. You can give me thermal socks. Nothing helps. The only thing that helps is 
uh, putting your feet in warm water before you get into bed. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about uh, uh, Niels snoring and Mariki can't sleep. Uh, oh, sorry, other way around. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. Uh, and I'm not talking about pajama drill for Johan van der Heide and for Nina Wees. When they've got a baby in their house and you have to do pajama drill, the baby cries at night. And I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about working shifts. I'm not talking about drugs, people using drugs. And there's some drugs that you stay awake for two nights. I'm not talking about that either. I'm not referring to blue light when you're on your iPad or your smartphone or computer screens sitting in the dark and you're on that for an hour or an hour and a half and now you want to sleep and when you close your eyes you still see blue light and you can't fall asleep. It bothers you or I'm not talking about your mattress and the spring. You need a new mattress because the spring sticks you in the ribs and um, you have trouble falling asleep or maybe you have a bad routine. So now you go to bed at 12, then you go to bed at 10, then you go to bed at 2, then you get up at 7, then you get up at 9, then you get up at 5. That's just, you need a routine. And that's why you're struggling. So none of those. When I speak of physical problems, I'm referring to more permanent things. So for instance, your diet. I cannot fall asleep if I have caffeine after 8. And I don't drink coffee and I don't drink tea. I don't like the taste. But I like Coke. And so having Coke, even Coke Zero, because it has caffeine, or Pepsi Max, it has caffeine. So what I need, tab. <laughs> but I can't fall asleep. Shaul, you can't fall asleep. You told me if you have too much red meat at night. Uh, and red meat, actually, I read in the medical textbooks th this week, uh, red meat it, it keeps you alert. It makes you alert and keeps you awake. So too much red meat, that won't work. And whatever you eat and drink, uh, even eating too much will keep you awake. If you eat too much right before bed, because now your digestive system wants to work somewhere in the night, and now you're lying awake. And all of us know, especially if you get older, if you drink too much tea or coffee or cold drink before bed, well, it's obvious. Your sleep is going to be interrupted because you have to get up in the night. Um, and yet, yet, having a light snack before bed might help sleep, like having carbs. Uh, things like pasta or bread or rice, but not too much. But a little bit of that, carbs actually make you drowsy. makes you feel drowsy, and that might help sleep. And then there's a verse in the Bible. Now, I, I've heard this before. People say this medically, but it's not medical doctors who say that, so I didn't know is it true. And then I found it in a medical textbook where it says milk. There, there's something in milk and People smarter than I, people like Dinette and Peter will be able to explain why. A little bit of warm milk before you go to bed will actually help sleep and maybe with some honey. And then I remember there's a verse in the Bible that says that. Do you remember that story? It's a horrible story in Judges chapter 4 where you've got this commander of a Canaanite army and he's, he's fleeing because they lost the battle. His name is Cicero, he's a general in the army, and then he came, comes to Jael's house. Not Jael, J-A-I, but J-A-E, Yael. He, came, he comes to Jael's house, or the tent, and then, she, then he says, can I hide you? She says, fine. She puts a rug over him, and he's so tired, and then she gives him some milk. 
And then he falls asleep and she drives, takes a hammer and a tent peg and drives it through his temple into the ground. What a terrible story, but the milk helped. Now, please, don't take, if anyone takes milk here, just stop with the milk. Don't get the hammer and the tent peg. <laughs> uh, another, another physical, so diet then is a physical, what's the word, what did I say? Cause, a physical cause of, of insomnia. And then also overwork and laziness. Now, you might wonder, laziness? How's that a cause of staying awake? Well, you sleep too much, and you sleep in the day, and it's not a cat nap, it's a dog nap. Like a dog lying in the sun, sleeping all day, and so now, like Snoopy. You saw the Snoopy and the Charlie Brown comic strips, and you see Snoopy and Charlie Brown sleeping all day, and then at night, eyes like saucers, wide awake. And so now you can't sleep because you've been lazy, and you... And, and sometimes rich people... People who can afford not to work, they think, because I've got money, I don't have to work. I can disobey Exodus 20, verse 9, six days you shall work. I can disobey Second uh, Thessalonians 3, if you will not work, you will not eat. And so they don't work, they think they can lounge around and have leisure time all day. And maybe even if you're retired, if you've got an unbiblical view of retirement, you think it's just lounging around and doing nothing all day. And so you've got, you've got problems sleeping. Why not rather work and burn some calories? Uh, even if it's mental work, at least it still burns calories. Or maybe a little bit of exercise. Now, I read in the medical textbook that I use, a biblical counselor who's also a medical doctor wrote this, and he says, don't exercise right before you go to bed. Maybe late afternoon is good. Morning won't help for, to induce sleep, but late afternoon exercise will. So, Ecclesiastes. If you have your Bible, you can open it almost in the middle. Uh, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Psalms, Spreker, in on Ecclesiastes and Engels, Prediker. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, English verse 12, Afrikaans verse 11. Ecclesiastes, Prediker 5, 5 verse 12 in the English, 11 in the Afrikaans. Sweet is the sleep of a laborer, whether he eats little or much. Why? Why does a laborer have sweet sleep? Because he's worked hard, his body's tired. But the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep. There you see, eating too much and also maybe being lazy. Just doing nothing because I've got enough money I can afford not to work. All right, so, so overwork or laziness. And then now we need to go to overwork. Because if we say work, I don't mean overwork. Because now some people think it's very spiritual to overwork themselves and to work day and night. It's like they think they don't need to sleep. It's almost like they think they're God. Because God alone is the one who doesn't sleep. And now it's overwork, working day and night, stressing, saying I need to get work done, more work, more work. And then they even take work to the bedroom. That's a bad thing. Don't take work to your room. Take the laptop there. Take paperwork to the room. Why not? Because now you've got all the paperwork there and your, your mind keeps working. Your, your brain doesn't switch off. And now it's bedtime and your mind keeps on working. If you have to work late, and that sometimes that happens, but if it's a, an habitual thing, it's bad. Um, and I'll talk, talk about that more now. But don't take work to the bedroom. Because now you lie down, and I've experienced that where you, it doesn't switch off. I keep on thinking about the sermon, keep on thinking, right, I studied this, I studied, and it's like you're still preparing the sermon, or for me, in, the, in your mind, or whatever work you do. Why not rather put a, notebook, a notepad and a pen next to your bed, so that if there are thoughts you're scared you're going to forget that tomorrow, 
then just write it down and leave it. You don't have to look at it again. You can, you, you've got the thought written down. You can look at it tomorrow and sort that out. Remember this verse. Uh, just go to the Psalms with me quickly. Psalm 127. Psalm 127, verse 2. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, or stressing about work. For God gives to His beloved sleep. The Lord will provide. You don't have to overwork. You work in the day, sleep at night. God will provide. Trust Him. Don't be anxious about, oh, but what about the future and what about money? No, no. No, Jesus told us don't be anxious about food and clothing. Jesus said don't, don't stress about the future. In Matthew 6.34, you seek first the kingdom and God's righteousness. You honor God, you do your work in the day and you sleep at night. Unless you do work shifts, that's something else. And then another physical cause would be sickness and pain. And that's obvious. That's going to be a cause for some of insomnia, of sleeplessness. Uh, just before the Psalms, the book before it, Job. Job 7, verse 4 and 5. And you remember that Job had, had illness. Job had these sores. And boils, uh, Job 7 verse 4 and 5, Job says, when I lie down, I say, when shall I arise? It's like, what's the point of going to bed because I can't sleep? The night is long. I'm full of tossing till the dawn. I keep on turning in my bed. My flesh is clothed with worms and dirt. My skin hardens, then breaks out afresh. These boils keep me awake. The pain is so bad I can't sleep. Job chapter 30, 3-0. Job 30 verse 17. Again. Job says, the night racks my bones, the pain that gnaws me takes no rest. It's like, the pain doesn't rest, so I can't rest. And then 33 verse 19, same thing, if you just flip over a page or two. Man is also rebuked with pain on his bed and with continual strife in his bone. Now that is Job's friend accusing him, saying, oh, that's why you can't sleep, you've got this pain, Job. And They obviously thought it's because of some kind of sin. Uh, restless legs, I get restless legs from time to time that keep me awake, sometimes just in the calves and sometimes right up to the thighs. And so the legs want to move. My wife takes the, what's a roller in Engels? Rolling pin. And we've got a marble one, it's heavy. And she, I lie on my stomach and she rolls it on my calf muscles. And it's very sore. Uh, but it gives relief. Uh, Paul Lotter, who was a member in our church, he gets it very bad. I, and he says that chocolate is a, the big culprit, but I don't believe him. <laughs> so, uh, so, the, uh, so he takes medication for that, but he says if he doesn't take medication, he gets it really bad. That can keep you away, sickness and, or awake, sickness and pain. So in a case like that, pray about the matter and get to the doctor. Many illnesses can cause you to, can cause, cause insomnia. Uh, keep you awake, uh, diabetes, over, overactive thyroid, asthma, and so on. So uh, pray about the matter, get to a doctor, and make sure that when you get medication, one of the side effects is not insomnia. <laughs> That's what you want to avoid. And even if you do get sleeping tablets to help you for a while, don't get, don't get dependent on them. But even if you have to use them, also make sure of the side effects. Because it can lead to depression or some other side effects. And you can talk to Danette about that after the service. She'll be able to help you. For instance, I took some medication. I've got a, a post-nasal drip and it's been going for seven years non-stop. And so uh, I, I, 
went to the doctor not long ago and so I'm using medication. But years ago, when it just started, I got medication and I would sleep until 12 and then I would sit like this and I couldn't fall asleep again. So the medication kept me awake and I just chucked it and then took the other medication that he had given, but the tablets I, I cut out. Uh, question then, what if you are chronically ill? So you're constantly ill, you've been to the doctor and they can't do anything for you. If you've got chronic pain and they can't do anything, what do you do then about insomnia and it keeps you awake? Well, we move on to number two then, spiritual causes. All right, so we had physical causes, now spiritual causes. So you might say, well, I'm doing all of those things. I'm checking my diet. I do work hard. I'm not lazy. And any illnesses and so on, I'm dealing with that. But it still doesn't help. I still lie awake at night or I can't fall asleep. I think the following causes you might consider as causes for, for insomnia. One is evil thoughts, sinful thoughts. So Psalm 36, if you'll page there quickly and... I actually need to go through the verses quite quickly because there are a lot. Psalm 36 verse, what is it? Four in the English, five in the Afrikaans. It says, he, it speaks of a wicked person. He plots trouble while on his bed. He sets himself in a way that's not good. He doesn't reject evil. So he's lying on his bed thinking of evil things, thinking I want to do this. I'm going to do this now. And, and you don't fall asleep because sin is controlling your mind. In Proverbs uh, chapter 4, verse 16, Solomon says, For they cannot sleep unless, unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. So they've got evil ideas in their minds. That's why they don't sleep. Micah chapter 2, verse 1, it speaks of people lying on their bled, beds, planning evil. And when morning comes, they look for an opportunity to get their evil, put their evil into practice. And so that might be a reason, if that's the, the cause with you, maybe bitterness, anger, lust, uh, evil thoughts, evil plans you have, then Ephesians 4 verse 26, don't let the sun go down in your anger. You and I as Christians must sort out sin problems every day. Every day. Don't leave it. Don't go to bed angry. Don't go to bed things not sorted out. Don't go to bed sin not confessed. Clear it before the Lord. Ask Him to cleanse you through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lamb, that you might receive forgiveness. Another spiritual cause of insomnia would be bad dreams. Now, you've got some examples of this in the Bible, right? You've got Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's got a bad dream. And you remember Joseph interpreted the dreams, the cows, the thin cows and the fat cows. So he's got this dream, and then he, he gets a fright, and he wakes up. And it alarms him. And then eventually he falls back to sleep and he has another dream and he wakes up again and he lies there till morning till someone can tell him what does this dream mean. Same with King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon in Daniel 2. Also had a bad dream and he, he's frightened. He wakes up and then uh, maybe lies there for some time till morning and then he gets the wise men to try and tell him uh, the dream and the interpretation. Maybe, maybe... You had trauma in your life. Something bad happened. A child died. Or you were in an accident and the people in the other vehicle, maybe in your car, died. Or some traumatic experience from the war. 
um, things that happen there and you can't forget it. And so night after night or every now and then you have these nightmares and those thoughts come flashing back into your mind. And you uh, wake up in a sweat and, and heart pounding and then you lie there and it's traumatic and you can't fall asleep. Uh, Job had that experience in Job chapter 7, uh, verse 13 and 14. You'll see over 13 and 14, Job says that. Um, he says, when I say my bed will comfort me. So he's got pain in the day. Now he thinks, if I can just go to sleep, maybe I can get, forget about the problems. No, I say my bed will comfort me. My couch will ease my complaint. What happens? Then you scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions, he says to the Lord. It's like he's, he's having these dreams again. His children, 10 of them died on one day. He lost everything. So what do you do in a case like that? Well, what you do is you pray. You pray before you go to bed and you meditate on God's Word. You turn God's Word, the Bible, Bible verses in your mind again and again and pray through them. Uh, and maybe even sing, not too loud, when you're awake in the night. You might wake the others, but just hum and think of hymns, biblical songs. Let me go uh, remind you of some verses and we'll page to some. In Deuteronomy 6 verse 7, it speaks of parents teaching their children God's Word when you go to bed. So you help those little children. Some of them are having nightmares. Help them with the word. Help them with prayer. Fill their minds with these things. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 22, it speaks of taking the wisdom that you learned from your parents. Now, that would be biblical wisdom. And it says, they will watch over you when you sleep. So God's word is in your heart, in your mind. Let's page to Psalm 16 quickly. Psalm 16, verse 7. I think we're going to be in the Psalms quite a lot tonight. Psalm 16, verse 7. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. So even at night, you've got God's counsel instructing you, God's word teaching you and helping you. Psalm 42, verse 8 in the English and 9 in the Afrikaans. By day the Lord commands His steadfast love, and at night His song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Flip to Psalm 77, and hear quite a lot of verses in this psalm. Psalm 77, and we'll start at verse 4. Now, Afrikaans, you're going to be one verse behind, verse 3 for you. So, verse 4, You hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. This guy's depressed. He's going through a bad time. And he says he can't sleep. So you hold my eyelids open. And you uh, go down to verse... Let me just check. I've got Afrikaans notes and I'm preaching in English. Uh, so I don't want to get confused. Verse 6. Let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. There you have it again. My song in the night. That I remember God's word. I can sing God's word. And then go down to verse... Um, what will it be? 11. I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I'll remember your wonders of old. I'll ponder all your work. I'll meditate on your mighty deeds. So that's the solution to his problem. So he's got an issue. He's got a problem. And he says, I'm going to remember God's word. I'll remind myself of that. And even in the night, I'm going to think, think over these things, as I read earlier in the song. Uh, Isaiah 26. Isaiah. Isaiah says in 20, verse 9.
Isaiah 26 verse 9. My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. Even at night, I want you, Lord. I talk to you. I think of your word. I think of who you are. Jeremiah 31 verse 25. You see Jeremiah waking up after a very sweet dream. And he said, my sleep was pleasant to me. What did he dream? He dreamt God's word. John MacArthur, I heard him say that once. I have biblical dreams. Because he's in the word so much, studying, 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 meditating, preparing sermons. That's what fills his mind and his heart, and that's what he dreams at night. I remember having a wonderful dream. I think I told you about this in, in a sermon because I had a whole sermon on, on sinful dreams. But I remember having a dream in November last year. And I remember it was November because our friends Seth and Amy Myers were here. And it was wonderful. I was in my hometown where I grew up, and I was across the post office, across the street from the post office, and I heard something, and as I turned around... I saw a bright light and thousands of angels coming. And it was so real. And I knew it was not a dream. And I said, yes, I jumped with joy. Finally, and it was COVID and all of that in my dream. But finally, Jesus has returned. And I woke up. It was just a dream. <laughs> but fill your mind. Fill your mind with Scripture and, and use the night if you wake up and you can't sleep to pray, to meditate on Scripture, to hum uh, well-known Christian songs to yourself. Paul did that, right? Paul couldn't sleep. Do you remember when he was in prison and they were in pain because they'd been beaten and they couldn't sleep and what did they do at midnight? They pray and they sing. Now you need to be careful. I learned this from Richard Baxter. The Puritan. Richard Baxter said, be careful <clears throat> that you don't start praying. And it wasn't Richard Baxter. It was one of the other books I read. I'll get to Richard Baxter now. But one of the guys said, be careful that you don't start praying about the problems. Now, it's fine to pray about problems. But sometimes the prayer, you just start praying about them. And then you leave off prayer. And then you just think about the problems. And you stress all over again. And that keeps you awake. So that's not going to help to do it that way. What you want to do is you want to meditate and think over God's Word. Like Psalm 1, he meditates on his law. He meditates day and night. So even in the night, meditating on the Word. Psalm 119, if you'll just go there quickly again. Psalm 119, verse 55. This is what you meditate on. Psalm 119, verse 55. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. Go down to verse 62. At midnight I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. Go to verse 147 and 148. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. So fill the mind with God with truth, with scripture, not with problems, because that'll just keep you awake. Where if you do it this way, you'll probably fall asleep again. Jesus prayed in the night, remember? And sometimes that leads to good sleep. When you think on these things and the fear of the Lord and the word of the Lord, in Proverbs 3, he talks to his son, and he, uh, it's wisdom speaking, and then he says, then he says, uh, take these teachings to heart. Uh, hide them in your heart and so on. 
And then it says, your sleep will be sweet if you do that. Proverbs 3 verse 24. Let me just read the, the whole verse that I don't misquote. If you lie down, you'll not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. And then you'll have good rest for the night. Uh, but even if you don't, is it a waste of time? If you, if you were awake and you could spend time thinking on God's word and talking to him and praising him, and it wasn't a waste of time. It wasn't a waste of time. What you do need to be careful of, though, is pride. Because sometimes, I've even had this, especially in my younger days in the ministry, I thought it's more spiritual to pray at midnight than in midday. <laughs> Why do we have that idea? Think if you wake up in the night and pray, man, you're spiritual. You don't sleep. While the rest sleeps, you pray. It's not so spiritual. You think I pray in the night, you pray in the day. Does God accept prayers more because they're at a certain time? Of course not. So be careful of that. And then... A final spiritual cause would be fear, fear and anxiety. Fear and, and anxiety. So maybe, maybe you're confused about life and things that have happened in your life, things you can't make sense of and you can't understand God's ways and how God works and why God allows this in life and this, these circumstances. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 16 where he says, I've seen this, I've seen this, says the author. Where people at night they do not sleep. And, and day and night they're trying to figure out and solve these riddles of life. But it doesn't help. And so now you're confused and all fearful and anxious. because you Why not rather rest in this? That, that we don't understand God. We understand parts of what He's revealed, what He's told us. But the secret things belong to the Lord, says Deuteronomy 29 verse 29. We can't figure it out. And sometimes you don't have the answers to all the issues and why did this happen in my life? We don't know. And, and maybe God's not going to tell you why. Like Job. Did Job ever know what exactly happened to him? God didn't give him the answers. God just says, can you feed the lions? Did you create the sea and tell the sea, there's your border, you don't cross that, your proud waves will stay there? Did you create these sea monsters? No, Job. Do you, do you control the constellations? God didn't give an answer to his questions and his... his Struggle. Psalm 131. I'm not going to hold myself up with things too wonderful for me. I just bow before God and say, let God be God. I didn't quote the verse. I'm just summarizing it. So you can go and check the psalm. You know, it's like in the book of Esther. I wonder, well, we as the readers know why things happened. But the characters in the book, they don't know why that king's lying awake at night. I can't sleep. Why can't I sleep? And then he says, servants, come and read the Chronicles. Everything that, that's recorded about what, what happens in my kingdom. And then they read something about this Jew called Mordecai. Oh, uh, Mordecai uncovered a plot against your life. Two, two of the uh, servants wanted to murder you, assassinate you. And so Mordecai revealed the plot and your life was saved and those guys were executed. They got the death penalty. So, oh, what did we do for Mordecai? Oh, uh, well, the Chronicles say, no, there's no for nothing. Well, we should reward him. Uh, and you read the story of Esther, and there's this, there's this wicked character called Haman. And Haman wants to destroy all the Jews, including Mordecai. And then, then, then things flip. And the story now, there's great irony in the story. The man who wanted to kill the Jews, he gets killed. And Mordecai survives. So why did the king stay awake? Well, we know why. We know why. So God could fulfill His plans. And maybe you're awake because God is sovereign. 
And God keeps you awake for a reason. Trust Him for that. Maybe you're awake because you're afraid of sins that you've done and things in your past or things you're busy doing and your conscience is bothering you. I remember one, one weekend, I was at a, Easter weekend, I was at a camp and the morning there's an ablution block and I went to the showers and I met another pastor there. He said, good morning, how did you sleep? He said, man, a conscience that is washed in the blood of the Lamb. I had a wonderful rest. Wonderful, good night's rest. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 6 verse 7, you see David, David has sinned. And he says it in the psalm, uh, please don't discipline me in your anger and so on. And then in Psalm chapter 6 verse 7, David says, my eye wastes away because of grief. No, verse 6, 7 in the Afrikaans, 6 in the English. I'm weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with weeping. So he's crying at night. He can't sleep. Why? It's because of sin. Things are bothering him. Even in Psalm 32, David had committed adultery, remember, with Bathsheba. And then you see in Psalm 32 where he says, In the night I've got this pain inside of me. And he can't sleep. Even at night the pain, it's bothering. It's causing him trouble. And it's all because of sin in his case. Because of that guilty conscience and what he has done. So what we want to do is we want to find rest in Christ. We want to fix our eyes uh, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you, is stayed on you. So we want the mind to be fixed on Jesus. If your mind can be uh, absorbed with stress and worry, then it can be absorbed with God. You're a Christian. You've got the Holy Spirit. And so we want to come and find rest in Jesus. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And I know it means the rest of salvation, but I think it even plays out and works out and overflows into rest at night. My sins have been forgiven. I'm saved. Now, not always, because we spoke about some physical causes and other things also, but, but very often, the and that's why you're not sleeping. You know you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. So come and find the rest. Doesn't it say in Hebrews chapter 4 that those who enter the rest, they enter by faith. We who believe have entered the rest of salvation, and now we can even have a peaceful conscience and rest for the body. Maybe it's discipline. That's why you're awake. God is disciplining you. Like in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 66 and 67, it speaks of those uh, curses. It's a whole list of curses, and one of the curses will be, you will not be able to sleep. Let me just read it to you. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, verse 66 and 67. Because they're disobedient, it says, Your life shall hang in the doubt before you night and day. Night and day you will be in dread and have no assurance of your life. The morning you will say, if only it were evening. In the evening you will say, if only it were morning. Now you're lying there at night, you can't sleep, and you wish the night will pass because of the dread of your heart that you shall feel, uh, fear or feel and the sights that your eyes shall see. So things are really bad. And that's God's discipline. Of course, uh, Rulf, you've heard this many a time in our elders' prayer meetings, where, where when Kuis prays for someone's salvation, he says, <laughs> Yeah, that's actually a verse from the Bible. Uh, Isaiah 28, verse 20, where it speaks of God disciplining His people. And, and it says, 
they, they'll be like someone that the blankets are too narrow. You can't wrap it around you. Didi complains about this because I wrap the blankets. She said, you take all the blankets. I wrap them around my feet and put them between my knees so the bones don't hurt. <laughs> and, um, and then it says also the blankets are too short. It's like your feet are sticking out and you pull it up uh, you, or you, you push it down and then they're here. And then you want to pull it up again because you're cold and then your feet stick out again. So, so it's God's discipline. He says, I'm disciplining you. If you read that chapter, he's disciplining his people. And so maybe, maybe, and actually it's not only discipline. Insomnia, in some cases, cases like that, it's God's grace. God is telling you, wake up. It's like he's using your wake up to say, wake up spiritually. Wake up spiritually. I am talking to you. I know, a, I know of a case like that. Uh, some of you remember Tony Atricia de Villiers. And Tony Atricia's daughter... She was a church member in Pretoria at a church where one of my colleagues was the pastor. Maybe you remember Bra Martin, do you remember that guy was just over 60 and you couldn't believe he, he, so he preached here? Okay, never mind. So Brahm is now in Natal. But this Brahm, he's the pastor at that church and Liesel tells him the story. She had evangelized her friends, her husband and wife. And they would not repent. And they would not believe. And they did not want the gospel. And she tried again and again. And eventually she started praying, Lord, make them scared. <laughs> and so one night, you, you've had this, if you're married, then you know. It's like, my wife's awake, I think. And you say, are you awake? Yes. <laughs> and that's what happened. So the husband said to the wife, are you awake? Yes. I can't sleep. She said, me neither. He said, why not? She said, I'm scared. He said, me too. <laughs> what are you scared of? She said, I'm scared of the future. And I'm scared of the present. And I'm scared of life. And I'm scared of death. And I'm scared of the devil. And I'm scared of hell. And I'm scared of my conscience. And I'm scared of what's going on in the country. And I'm scared of criminals. And he said, me too. And they both got scared. And then they got saved. <laughs> Her prayer was answered. Maybe, is that a cell phone or a bird? Oh, that's, that's a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> thought, that's beautiful. <laughs> or sometimes your cell phone rings and you can't sleep <laughs> in the sermon. <laughs> okay. Uh, another, another one would be um, having fear and anxiety of bullies. You get kids and they can't fall asleep at night. They're so afraid of going to school the next day. Or maybe bullies at work. Or maybe a fear that you have of people breaking into your house while you're asleep and tying you up and all the horrible things that happen in our country. What you shouldn't do in those circumstances, don't follow the news. Don't keep your eyes on all the crime and what's going on and you're on this Crime Watch Facebook page or whatever and, and all you're doing is checking crime and they broke in here in Kempton and they did that and they're there and then you lie awake at night and you're afraid and anything you hear you think is a scallop. Yeah, really. And you, you're all anxious and... No, TV programs also. If any TV programs that's going to make you over alert and over afraid, scared, excited. Don't watch them. Think whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. 
If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Philippians 4 verse 8. Psalm chapter 3. David had that case, this kind of thing. Enemies surrounding him. His own son is hunting him, persecuting him, and prosecuting, chasing, hunting him down. So Psalm 3, in the heading in the English, it says a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. And then you move down to verse 4 in the English, I think 5 in the Afrikaans. I cried aloud to the Lord. He answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I'll not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Uh, Psalm 4, verse 8, verse 9 in the Afrikaans. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. God is your protector. If there are bullies, it says in Psalm 56, in verse 8, but only in the English Standard Version, I found that translation. I checked the Hebrew and... I think the Afrikaans is more accurate, but the ESV says, You have kept count of my tossings when I toss and turn at night. My tears, are they not written in your book? Or you've kept my uh, tears in your jar, are they not written in your book? So God sees your tears, David. God sees these enemies chasing you, the context of the psalm. And I see you rolling around. I'm watching. Don't be afraid, David. I've got you covered. Psalm 63. Psalm 63. This is also, David is in the wilderness, in the heading, so he's being chased again by his enemies. And then it says in Psalm 63, in verse 6, 7 in the Afrikaans, When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. David is lying awake because of his enemies. And he's trusting the Lord. The Lord's going to help him. And then Psalm 102. Psalm 102. Verse 1. Actually, verse 1 in the Afrikaans, heading in the English. A prayer of one afflicted. So this guy's suffering when he's faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. And then you move down to verse 7 in the English. I lie awake. There you got it. Insomnia. I lie awake. I'm like a lonely sparrow on a housetop. All the day my enemies taunt me and so on. So enemies again, keeping this guy awake, can't sleep. The psalmist here, this is not David, it doesn't say who it is, but he's in trouble. And then Psalm 127 I read just now, uh, verse 1 in the psalm says that it's in vain. It's in vain that you put soldiers or that you build the house if the Lord doesn't help. It's in vain that you put soldiers on the wall, guards, if the Lord doesn't protect the city. So... It's, I'm not saying you can't have your security doors and your dogs and your electric fence and your alarms, but it's not. don't put your trust in them. Put your trust in the Lord. It's the Lord who protects, because the next verse then tells us the Lord gives to His beloved sleep. And Peter realized that. This was actually, I've never seen this before. I saw this yesterday for the first time. As I was studying these verses and I looked at Peter's life, and I've always, I've always wondered, why did Peter sleep in prison? He's going to be executed the next day. After Passover, he'll be executed. Not the next day, maybe in two days after. So here's Peter in prison, and he's, he's chained to soldiers, Roman soldiers, and he's sleeping like a baby. How? Why is he not stressing? I always thought it's because he's trusting the Lord, the Lord will help him, he's not afraid he's going to heaven. And yesterday I saw that's not the reason. The reason Peter was sleeping 
is because Jesus had told Peter in John 21, when you are old, this and this is going to happen. And Jesus was pointing to the way Peter was going to die. Peter knew, I'm not going to die now. I'm not old yet. And he says that in 2 Peter, when he's old. Then he says, the time of my departure is near as the Lord Jesus made clear to me. So Peter knew I'm not going to die. God is in control. I can sleep. And even if I am going to die, God remains in control. God does not sleep. Ruth read that to us in Psalm 121. The, the, the keeper of Israel neither slumbers nor sleep. God does not sleep, therefore you can. He's watching. He's keeping. He's protecting. And even if I do get killed by robbers in my house, well, I'm going to heaven. And I'll be with the Lord. Listen to what John Piper says. Sleep is a parable, it's a little story, that God is God and we are mere men. God handles the world quite nicely while one half or one hemisphere is asleep. Hemisphere, not hemisphere. <laughs> Sleep is like a broken record that comes around with the same message every night. Man is not sovereign. Man is not sovereign. Man is not sovereign. God is not, so, is not nearly so impressed with our late nights and early mornings as He is with the peaceful trust that casts all anxieties on Him and sleeps. Sometimes, said D.A. Carson, sometimes the most godly thing you can do is go to sleep. Trust in God. I don't need to stress about this and try and fix it all. I can go to sleep. And trust God has got this. Maybe it's nature that keeps you awake. You're afraid of storms, thunder, lightning, little children especially. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones' wife, she was terrified of these storms in, the, in Aberavon in the south of Wales. Terrified and she couldn't sleep. She would stay awake and think the tide's going to come in and wash us all away. And then she knelt next to her bed and pleaded with God, take this fear away. And he did. And within two minutes she was sound asleep and she never again had that fear. God is in control. Isn't that why Jesus could sleep in a storm, lying on a boat? Sound asleep. He knows. Sovereign over the storm. No need to fear. Nature is under His power. Maybe it's a stress and an anxiety about work that keeps you awake. About money. About your children's future. What's going to happen? Who's going to take care of them? Psalm 127 again. The Lord gives to His beloved sleep. Verse 2. Verse 3. Children are a heritage from the Lord. God will help you take care of these children. Don't worry. You just do your best. You work hard. God will take care. Maybe it's staying awake because of a rebellious child. And you're thinking of this child and the child's causing trouble and what are we going to do? Well, it is so that Psalm, uh, Proverbs 29 verse 17 says, Discipline your son and he'll give you rest. So maybe you didn't do it as you ought to have. Maybe you did, but maybe you didn't. And then you need to confess that to the Lord and you need to trust. God can even work that together for the good of those who love him. And who are called according to his purpose. Maybe it's, maybe it's lying awake, insomnia, because of a crisis in your life. Something really bad going on. Like the king of the Medes. King Darius, calling Darius. Do you remember when Daniel was in the lion's den, the king couldn't sleep? And he's all stressed out about this. Give it to the Lord. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. 
Now here's the worst one and the final one. Maybe it's a maybe you have insomnia because you have a fear of insomnia. Yes. You dread going to bed at night. This has been going on for weeks. And you think, I don't want to go to bed. Because I know it's going to happen. I'm going to fall asleep and midnight I'm awake again. And then you start stressing and, and, and you start thinking, I have to be up early in the morning. I have to go to work and I won't function well because I can't sleep well. And what about it's exam time? I'm a teenager and, or I'm a student and I won't be able to concentrate. What am I going to do? And, and the stress just keeps you awake more. It doesn't help. It doesn't solve the problem. What you want to do is this story that I read, and I'm almost done. A story about Mora. That's just a, some scale nom, whatever that is. Fake name, yeah. In a, in a real counseling situation. So this woman counseled a teenage girl, and the mother was very concerned because this kid has got insomnia. The kid can't sleep at night. All anxious, stressing about tests and subjects and uh, getting good grades and all of this. And so she comes to the counselor, and the counselor gives her homework. And instead of memorizing the verses and thinking over them, she starts thinking over the, the schoolwork again. And she can't sleep. And eventually, the counselor says something, and the penny drops. It's like, she's got it. The counselor says to her, instead of dreading going to sleep and stressing, why not rather say, when you wake up at three in the morning, thank you, Lord, that you woke me up so I can pray. And she started changing the way she saw this and her attitude. And she started doing that. And the whole thing changed. And very soon after that, she slept soundly through the night every night. Morning by morning, God wakens my ear to hear as those who are taught that I may know how to speak a word to the weary. Psalm Isaiah 50 verse 4. God has awakened me. Thank you, Lord. And even if you don't fall asleep again, trust that God's power is inexhaustible. God can give you strength. He gives strength to the weary. For those who wait on Him will renew their strength. And you can go through the day like you slept, as if you slept eight hours soundly. God can give you the strength for that. So let us learn to fear God. Let us learn to trust God. And if we fear God, I mean a biblical fear, not a running away fear. A fear that, that is in reverence and awe before God, that respects Him and trusts Him. Trusts Him. If we fear God like that, then we need fear nothing else. You don't need to fear all these other things that keep you awake. We fear the Lord. And live in the fear of God. And you can sleep soundly. Proverbs 19 verse 23. The Hebrew uses a word, the ESV, I think, trans translates it as, as rest. The, the New American Standard translates it as sleep. It means passing the night, going through the night. And it says, if you fear God, you can sleep soundly. Even, even overcoming the fear of the final sleep. The final sleep, the Bible speaks of death often as sleep. And you can overcome that fear of the final sleep uh, just like in 1989. I'll close with this illustration. In 1989, I remember, my father surprised us. And he said, we're going to Grandma. I said, now? 
because we were due to leave the next morning. We're going on holiday. I said, now? And he said, yes. This is after a Sunday evening church service. And so we're so excited. We had a combi. We four children. And so each one, uh, the girls get to sleep on, on the uh, not benches, and the boys have to sleep on the floor. And about maybe 30 k's out of town, I fell asleep. And when I woke up, where were we? In Joburg. <laughs> 460 k's. Slept all the way. And, and that's what death is like. Death is like that. You'll close your eyes, and when you open your eyes, you're with the Lord. Absent from the body, present with the Lord, like Stephen, he saw Jesus and he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, and it said, and Stephen fell asleep. And so, did he stay asleep? He opened his eyes, and he was with the Lord. So, so dying, dying is just like going to bed at night, and you fall asleep immediately, and you have, it's like you had a sweet and wonderful night's rest. And when you open your eyes, it's the morning light on a summer's morning at your favorite holiday destination. And the night is now forever gone. And you've entered the perfect day that never ends. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for giving us instruction in your word on how to deal with all of life's difficulties and problems, and also looking forward to a, a time and a place, and most of all, a person, when we will see you and have none of these problems forevermore living in perfect safety and peace and joy. And we pray for that day to come quickly. Come Lord Jesus. Amen.